Adjusting to a new normal means we need to be smart about how we do this. This is the now, Truth Frequency smart. Radio Network. T-F-R. Truth Frequency Radio. Welcome to Cracking the Reality Code with Johanna Sand. In a world seemingly gone mad, what if you had the opportunity to shift your consciousness to reflect your divine nature quickly and safely? What would that look and how would that feel? This is your opportunity to become the peace-filled center of the storm rather than be consumed by it. The world is awakening and so are you. And now, here is Johanna. Hello, welcome to our Saturday Live radio show on truthfrequencyradiolive.com. Thank you for hosting us on this. And I'm Johanna Sand. I am with my co-host, Lillian Wilkinson. And we are on separate continents um, in South America and Ecuador and she in the Los Angeles area of the U.S. But here we all are. And uh, we always look forward to our Saturday exploration of what could we say, Lillian, consciousness for what are we, what's really going on. We're cracking that reality code. So th- again, thank you for joining it, joining us. And she and I, I think we've had kind of an overarching conversation, I think, in the last, uh, it's hard to keep track of time, but I would say a couple months, I think f- because of the intensity <clears throat> of what we're all facing in a very accelerated world that seems to be in a lot of conflict, and I know that much of our personal lives is mirroring the collective. And I think now more than ever, we're forced to really examine what we call the shadows of ourself in the, again, in the personal and collective vein. I I think it's, it's unavoidable these days. And I know many of us in, in what we call the broad awakening community feel compelled to to go deep within and muster energies that can transform or transfigure what we're what we've been afraid to really face I think again within ourselves so this is a huge topic we know there isn't one answer or one explanation for anything but I think it behooves us to to explore this. So anyway, we, we will, um, again, we're excited about getting more into that conversation. We are excited that we do have our website public now, and that is crackingtherealitycode.com. And please uh, explore that. There's lots of, there's um, been putting some blogs in, and there's also references from our guests and information and also resources that we feel are relevant 
to what we have been exploring loosely here on cracking the reality code. So that's an option. And I want to start it off by reading a short um, kind of a prose poem here. And it's called Choosing What Is, Liberation from All Obstructions. In the presence of Sangha, in the light of Dharma, in oneness with Buddha, may my path to complete enlightenment benefit everyone. In this passing moment, comes and all things come to be. I vow to choose what is. If there is a cost, I choose to pay. If there is a seed, a need, I choose to give. If there is pain, I choose to feel. If there is sorrow, I choose to grieve. When burning, I choose heat. When calm, I choose peace. When Johanna, I can't hear you now. Are you... Um... I don't know if you're, I think you're still on the air, but I can't hear anything right now. So I'm hoping that we can get you back on the air soon because that was a nice prose and I'm glad that I got to hear it before you started on the show because it really got me to thinking and I'll just refer to the title, um, basically choosing what is. And in thinking about that, it, it made me realize that it's a false choice to, to think that, in other words, when we resist what is, that's kind of a, a lie because our mind is telling us and every fiber of our being is saying that we've, we're resisting it. But the truth is, it is happening. And I really was thinking a lot about lying and untruths and you know we're we're hearing so much about false media and fake news and there's so much misinformation everywhere from all points you know from coming from everywhere um at us and so when we say i there's a big difference between not liking what is but to not to refuse to accept what is is really kind of um, a silly point of view, which we'll go on to later. But I think Johanna has just joined us. Again. I did. Thank you. I think we got cut off, as can happen. So yes. thanks for carrying on. Yeah. Well, I just started with the title of what you were reading. But if yes. you recall where you left off, maybe you can finish reading it. I, well, I'm not sure. But, you know, basically, I think what, what there's a few lines here I can go over. And it's, I think it's what what we've been looking at a lot, Lily, and and it's and it's there. There is so much more around this, but trusting what is basically is seeing what arises and meeting that right. <clears throat> so when part of this poem is, I vow to choose what is. If there is a cost, I choose to pay. If there is a need, I choose to give. If there is pain, I choose to feel. If there is sorrow, I choose to grieve. When burning, I choose heat. When calm, I choose peace. When starving, I choose hunger. When happy, I choose joy. And it goes on like that. I won't maybe get all get all of it, but 
I mean, there's a simplicity in that, and it's it's vast about, and it's not about oh being passive and never doing anything, but it's simply what we've been pointing at these days, kind of meeting what is and allowing that to blossom. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was I was going on about part of the title was choosing what is, and I I kind of went off on a track where it just kind of occurred to me really that it's a false choice we choose what is because we don't here is where we do not have a choice Uh, our minds can tell us that we have a choice and we're going to reject what is but all of that is false what is is and there's nothing there is no choice in what is but where the choice does come in is how we're going to be with what is and I think what you said was we're learning now to trust what is, to trust what is, to trust even the darkness, even the lies. Um, and I started talking about lies, Johanna, also because I was thinking about just the untruths, you know, false news, false information, hard to know what is real, what isn't real. And it, it made me realize that it starts by, well, for me, it started by experiencing the lies, quote, out there. And that, but then it causes me to look closer and go, okay, what lies out there, quote unquote, have infiltrated in my mind in here? So it starts by maybe looking at the world of form and saying, oh, that's where the lies happen. But then where are they living now? You know, the lies lodge into our own being as a reality. And that's where the self-examination comes in. And this is where we begin to really look. And I think what he's talking to is choose what is, is a brilliant place to start because you're not wasting energy defending against something that we really have no choice in because what is, is. Exactly. And it's a, it's almost in a way too, too simple for us to grasp it, you know, because it, it is, on examining the the sense of awareness or self that is experiencing something and say that something that we're experiencing is not pleasant. Say it's sorrow or fear, something very intense, right? And we're, we're this seems to be arising and there's an awareness of that and I know when when we look at something like that, there's a real fear of being engulfed by some very intense, contracted kinds of energies. So our our first impulse, I think, especially those of us who are who have been aware of the sense of beingness that we are and the expansiveness that lives at the real ground of everything that we are and everything that everything is, right? It's this sense of of spaciousness that is at the heart and even at the heart of what we call the darkness, right? The the so-called experiences of density and fear and unexamined energies. 
So it is, it's, it's difficult to speak about, but I think it bears some focus these days because it does, it does appear to be the portal that unites everything, you know, that really keeps us living this reality that really is of one essence. And if it is in our examination, if we can examine the sense of awareness and the sense of self, that spacious self, which is not too difficult to find, you know, simply if we breathe slowly and sense this expansiveness, we're aware of awareness, we're aware of thought, we're aware of feelings. But it's only I, I get when these feelings get so or the, the, the experience gets very, very intense and hard for us that we want to shove it back in the call it the box, the unconscious, right, mm-hmm. and flee to the expansiveness, which is not a, you know, it certainly makes sense to do that. But then there is this niggling um, realization more and more that 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 is shut away and not wanting to be examined with the light of awareness, right, that will open the shadows and really look at the, the entrenched beliefs of lack and limitation that are at the heart of it. And, and then, of course, just opening up to that does seem to dissolve it in the strangest way. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, just the awareness and the overalling allowance of everything to be there, to be what it is, you know, without trying to create the huge story around it or justify it or make more of it other than the direct sense of feeling or sensing what is going on. Mm-hmm. And I see this personally. It's much easier to see in my personal life. It's, it's. I mean, it's. I see the challenge of the the difficulty of it in my personal life. It's a bit easier when, as I look out there in the world, to see that's what's going on in our collective uh, trauma right now. You know, where nobody's listening to anybody. You know, a lot of fixation on positions on what what is the truth or not the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it takes being with it for a while. And I think that's where it is. It's say, you know, say you have hurt feelings about something or your heart gets broken about something or you're so angry, which always underneath anger, there's hurt feelings and there's a sense of vulnerability. And there's, of course, the sense of you want to contract so that you don't get hurt anymore. So you don't feel the pain of of the heartache that you're feeling. And, you know, what you've said often is that the very heartache that we feel is where the light gets in. And it is the truth as I experience it in my life, because how else can we know? Here's what I'm finding. Whenever my heart gets broken and I, I hire to go, okay, I'm going to shut my heart down. I'm not going to go do this thing anymore because I don't want to be hurt anymore. And if I can just sit with that and feel it and just let what arises arise from that so often, 
most of the time I can say, have I felt this way before? Have I been hurt in this kind of way before? And the answer is inevitably yes. And so, okay, this is not the first time. This is this situation, the situation out there, the form out there this time isn't what's causing this. This is a repetitive pattern that happens. I want to shut down whenever my, my heart gets broken. And when I was thinking about it, it's like that which makes the heart energy so pure and so beautiful and so loving and so warm and so welcoming is the vulnerability of it. Can you imagine if our hearts were contracted, it wouldn't be the same thing. So it is, it is the very heartbreak that allows the heart to stay vulnerable and pure. And when we can kind of get to that point to at least start to look at that, then I can see, you know what, this thing that broke my heart was a limitation that I had. I had a belief that this and this and this, and therefore I think now I can let go of that belief. And so I can look at that event, that other circumstance that broke my heart and say, oh, I was I had a belief about this and the only way that I was going to shift away and even realize that that belief was there was by the pain coming up to show me it's like you have a splinter in your thumb and you need to take it out. And therefore then it becomes, oh, thank you for showing me it is the light coming in and I can expand my heart so that the next time a similar situation quote out there arises, I now have shifted my view about it and I can behave in a different way toward it. And it's not going to break my heart. And in fact, it's going to, I'm going to feel way more supported in, in on firmer ground without having to harden my heart toward any out there kind of situation does that make sense? Yeah, it's beautiful, um, Lillian. Um, I, I'm so, I just am so wrapped up, you know, recently in in this pull to embrace our suffering, and I and I and I get that that can be misconstrued, Lillian. Like, you know, our fears of, oh my gosh, you're holding on to your identity of being a victim or suffering or all that which I want to clear the air right now because, of course, we, I mean, consciously, if we're honest, we know we all want this connection. We're so hungry for the the connection to the infinite radiant self that we have tasted, right? And those of us who, who I mean, I think this is the destiny of all humanity, whether it looks like it's happening um, with some people and not others, and there's all this differentiation, but the the we seem to be inside of a mystery which has this uh, energy of moving us towards this deepening love realization and connection that supersedes any kinds of limitations that we may have. And of course, we're full of limiting beliefs. And it's so, 
amazing. It's, it's another one of the amazing paradoxes of our existence where, you know, when we wake up, we wake up to this love and this beingness and this connection, and however, however fleeting it is. And then we have the sense of being this little limited separate character who's got all kinds of neuroses and challenges and problems, you know, and, and, and waking up to this great love is so amazing. And it's the first pillar of our awakening. But I think many of us now are, and you and I keep coming to this these days where yes, but, you know, now it's time to include this character that has these appearing limitations and limited beliefs and see through that, see that the manifestation of all of this differentiation in form is in fact that same one energy. You know, it is God in action playing all the parts. And we thought differently. We thought that the being level was somehow up in this cloud of or energetically you know pumping us out but what are we what is this manifest thing so i it's again hard to summarize in words but the pull is to divinize even that energy you know and how can we do that but other than as as you were explaining i think very beautifully is to be with it you know is to not run from it is to um, examine it curiously with with heartfelt heartfelt embrace of energy because we are seeing with the eye of the being more and more. Anyway, that's uh, yeah. I think that's where I want to stop with that. But it's so exciting in some ways now, just amazing, well, amazing opportunity. Uh, well, it is, yeah, and and I love what you're saying. It's now about. I think this is where what's happening for me is about it is it is about embracing all of it, as opposed to trying to argue against or fight against any of it. And we know that that we just know it that doesn't work. And we are expansive beings. Um, consciousness, our awareness, the, the soul, our hearts. We we just naturally want to include. Uh, all things and all, all ways. I think it's just that we've been uh, taught so badly. We've we've been conditioned to think of ourselves as something that we're not. That now we're we're learning to come back home, to come back home to ourselves. And it always feels like home. It always feels that way when I can be in that space. And you know, um, it feels natural. It feels good. It feels like what we really are. And I, I, um, I'm going to quote, we had Martin Ball on last week and he wrote a book. Uh, he wrote 20, I think, but this book I actually bought recently, it's called, uh, being human. And there's one thing that he says in there that I love, and it's your body is a vehicle for God to enjoy reality. in. and I like that because I was thinking about in, it's time to embrace the ego, what we call the ego, call form, what we call that thing, that darkness that wants to take us away, whatever, however your definition of ego is. It's even hard for me to talk about right now because I'm in the midst of shifting my my definition of what I think the ego is. Not that I have it down yet, but 
I just feel now that it needs to be embraced as part of God also. It's not an accident. What is, is. It, it's meant, it has a purpose, it has a role, and it's a practical role. And I think where, where, we've, where it's, we've been hurt by this thing we call the ego is because we, don't, we haven't understood our true nature. But when we can say that all form, this body the mind mechanism that keeps us walking upright and doing all of these things is also an aspect of God. And it is a way to taste things, to s- smell the fragrance of flowers, to, to have sex, to, to have our senses come alive and experience all the variety that life is. How beautiful and how wonderful is that? And so it, you know, it brings to mind the same of Jesus, you embrace your enemies. Well, if the ego has been our enemy, it's time to embrace that and ha- and shift our perception about what we think that is. Because in, in, in the world of there's only one of us here and consciousness is the absolute being is life. It is perfect home and harmonious. Then the ego must fall in there too. Yeah, that was that. That is definite food for thought there, um, Lillian. It is. It's it's such a topic, and and I know it's so. Uh, we're hungry to wrap around it, you know, and give words to it, and and try to see through it. But but it is. It's it is this. Um, I can't help but feel these different, and maybe after the break, we're going to wrap it up here in a short bit for a three-minute break. So hope hope our listeners out there come back at the top of the hour, because I think we're really exploring some very relevant things now. And I keep getting the message, it is time to use what's going on with us and wake and shake ourselves to the next depth of realization that we can and transmute this time into the most extraordinary opportune uh, opportunity that we we've had i'm sensing that more deeply again it's not easy but i'm sensing it so I'm we, with yeah you. and i'm excited so in the top you know, i'm back we'll, we'll push into this more deeply And thanks for joining us. Real people, real radio. Wherever you are, make it TFR. Truth Frequency Radio. Welcome back. This is the half-hour point in our uh, live uh, Saturday radio program on TFRlive.com. I'm Johanna Sand. 
I'm with my co-host Lillian Wilkinson, and this is Cracking the Reality Code. Uh, you, If anyone is out there live and wants to call in and chat with us about what we're sharing and give your opinion or feelings about what's going on with you, we'd love that. The number to call is U.S. number 213-233-3998. 213-233-3998. Thank you. We also have our website going, crackingrealitycode.com, and we have lots of connections and resources on that, and we'd love you to, to subscribe to our mailing list for our updates. So, Lillian, we had gotten into some things. I wanted to, something popped up on the break that entered my consciousness. And I can't remember if it was Andrew Harvey or someone that we were listening to that used this, but it seems so pertinent because the, the, I think many of us, given these uh, intense times and the very obvious uh, suffering around us, you know, the fear, the contradictions, the blame, the the amplification of the other, of the enemy, whereas all these um, solutions are seeming to arise, which if only this were different, if only these people would see the light, if only we had different leaders, if only, um, and again, one man's savior is another man's devil, as we've seen over and over and over again. So it is a an incredible, Incredible time, and I keep feeling these words, savage grace, like whatever the divine source, creator energy that is at the heart and substratum of every appearance that turns up in this extraordinary multiverse. It's all this one energy, which science is pointing to, which the Veda is pointed to. And it is so compelling to feel like that isn't the case. It's all these, you know, separate things that are struggling for survival and trying to crush each other. You know, so that's the appearance of it and the savage grace that you know, what, what came to me, and I'm going to, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but we, I, I get more and more that however things appear, we're being worked on, maybe we're, it is all of our, uh, we'll call it uh, ideas of ourself, uh, that we're in control and in charge here, uh, whatever, is really being confronted in a very real way and we're no longer able to uh, see I mean just to to see that and see through the truth of it it is quite extraordinary in any case I'm I'm I, I it's it's not a justification for suffering and whatever but it's like just show me I'm feeling this more and more like let my let let me be a vehicle, like clear out the pipes of this Johanna character, you know, that is full of conditioning, really. And, and it's not like it's bad or wrong. I needed it. You know, it was this extraordinary adventure into something. And now this hunger and longing to 
release and trust this unfathomable energy that runs the show. Anyway, enough from me, but. Yeah. No, I love love that. And that does sound like Andrew Harvey, um, Savage Grace. What a beautiful, (laughs) terrible, beautiful way of, of saying it. But isn't that exactly what having your heart broken feels like, you know, actually without, the awareness of the grace part, it just feels rather savage. It feels like you're being ravished and torn apart. But from where I think we sit now is is understanding that it is grace breaking us open so that the light can come in. And does it feel savage? Yes, it does. Does it hurt? Yes. Is it going to take you out? No. It doesn't. You, it just hurts. It's kind of like you bang your knee, you, whatever. It, it hurts. Like there's no point in pretending that it doesn't. But it's not going to take you out. It's not going to take you down. It's not going to wipe you out. It doesn't. It's just like any other pain. It, it, it will come and, and it will go. But it has its purpose is what I'm finding is because what it's telling me is that I've been depending. And here's where I think like all the lies and the fake news, I'm just going to call them all lies. There's so many, so many lies out there that infiltrate our own mind. There's lies we say to ourselves without even knowing it's such rote now. It's so, it's so conditioned in us. We don't even examine it. Well, the only can be caused to examine it is by some kind of hyper something happening to draw our awareness to it. And that is savage grace. That is savage grace. It has to be savage to get our attention, but it is grace. And when we can know that and say, okay, it feels like shit right now. I'm angry. I'm hurt, whatever. I want to shut my heart, but I know at the same time that this is grace. Something new wants to emerge here. Mm -hmm. And I think the overall message for me about all of the lying and stuff that's going on, whether it be quote out from out there and from my own mind is the learning to, to not be dependent upon anything else other than grace, other than God, other than the pure heart, other than love. Because we depend on the government. We depend on relationships. We depend on our friends to do the right thing by us all the time, or our husbands or wives to say all the right. And we get our hearts broken in little ways all of the time. And I think the message is, you know, go inside your own heart and trust grace. Trust that one thing that has many, 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 many faces. So that when you hear something from your beloved that makes you cry or makes you feel bad, you can also at the same time say, okay, Savage Grace, what is it that I need to see here? And what is yes. what is the freedom? Go ahead, Johanna. Yeah, no, I, I just beautifully put, I, I just keep getting back on that thread, Lillian, you know, where... I just, I just have this fury in me, these, especially right now, just like, oh my God, it, let us please surrender to this savage grace, not, not to propel, oh, you know, identifying and hanging on to our story of suffering, but 
let that suffering, let that pain. And, you know, no one knows, and this is another part, like we've been opening up to all this recently, but, you know, it's not like, oh, we, we, we have this expertise. We all know how to crack open and own our pain. No, we don't. It's a very mysterious process. But I, I get like anything, if we are, if this savage grace is in fact molding us, it's like a, this, if this whole thing that we're inside of this whole life, this incarnation is a, is an energetic journey that's absolutely shaping and shift moving us into these other levels of awareness to realize, you know, and be fed by this infinite love and nature that we are. And we believed and we were settling for the crumbs, you know, because part of the program is to think that we need it outside of ourselves. So what you kept talking about, the broken heart, the disappointment that we've all felt. I mean, even if we've had a relatively adventurous life and, you know, none of none of my peers honestly have been, you know, hungry and starving on the street. And we're very blessed that we have the energy to even to even look at what it is to be an awakened human being, you know, that we're sufficiently taken care of, that we can put our attention to this. But what a worthy thing, because what what else do we need now in these hard times, you know, other than the energy to use it? Because it has to be a setup. It has to be a setup that the the creator source energy is 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 working with us as us to to make the diamond, darling. You know, we've been rough stones. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It's it, and I feel that. In fact, it's funny you should say that. I was uh, meditating earlier today, and it's like that's what I kept saying was this diamond that we all, all of us, are this pure, beautiful, bright, amazingly delightful diamond light that just wants to shine, and that is our true nature. And you know, I want to go back to an earlier point where you said something about. Well, I love what you said about we. It's time to use this to become this thing that we're we're feeling this love. But I wanted to bring forth the idea of alchemy because this is what is happening when we shift from oh my god, you know, my heart is breaking and I'm I hate this and I hate everybody. That comes to mind a lot when I'm really frustrated. It's like I hate everything and I hate everybody. You know, I move from that to. Um, to seeing it differently, truly, there it, it is an alchemical process. It's a conceptual alchemy that is happening, and it takes even a little bit longer for it to truly infiltrate my feelings, because I can be really clear on a concept, but my feelings are still feeling what they're feeling. And that seems to take a little bit longer to process, and that's okay. But here's, I think, where the trap is, because I've known people who, at least from my point of view, it looks like they get stuck in the forever fixing or forever fixing. And it's, it's this modality or that modality or this meditation or that meditation. And there's all this excitement around this new thing to try as Bashar says, a permission slip, right. To, to try for, for healing. And yet 
the healing doesn't, I'm not seeing a whole lot of actual healing. I'm just seeing a whole lot of modalities being used for healing, but the actual result still sort of seems distant. And I think that's really something to watch because in my experience, true alchemy is when it, our hearts change, when our conceptual mind gets it first and it, 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 and it works together with our heart. I don't know if it feeds the heart or the heart is feeding the mind, whatever, it's working together. But enough of it happens so that there truly is a shift. Mm. Mm. And it, yeah. you know, yeah, that that is true. That was beautifully put. I mean, it. You brought up a really good uh, issue there about the traps that can happen. You know, and maybe Lillian, maybe it's just a what you call a difference of whatever. Um, you know, there there are kind of conceptually here levels on this on this path that we're on mm -hmm. uh we, there are different levels you know of of what we see and i know the spiritual practice part you know using all kinds of modalities right to um fix ourselves and to your point oh, heal like if i just get this one issue cleared up then, you know, but it's like a cleaning, a never ending clean sink. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Dirty sink where you just are, you become addicted to the cleaning itself, right? Good word. Uh, yes. It's an addiction. And, and, yes. And, and yet I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at as one of our other ways of looking at this paradox, you know, the paradox of, of the, the awakening, the first essential piece that I think we're, referring to is is the realization of the nature the true nature the the glimpse the expansion and that can happen to people in many different ways but that realization of what we are you know and then within that that is always there and that's the big breakthrough but then the 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 body mind mechanism is still playing out the contractions, the belief systems. And there's where I think the paradox is, is to hold that we are that essential, you know, we are the expansion, we are the infinite nature. And the contractions that define us as limited are what needs to be seen through and merged with so that there is no separation in what from what we call our infinite nature and our so-called conditioned character nature, mm, right? Well said, yeah, you know, love but, it. Um, yeah, go on, please. Oh no, no, I liked what you were saying. I mean, that that I think that's the point yeah. is to make it. Yeah. You know, we were talking about this earlier, and I think this fits in here where, you know, you have to first see the paradox in everything. The, the yes, no of everything, the black, white of everything, the, the light darkness of everything and say, oh, yes, I see them both and I accept it both. And it serves no purpose to fight against either of them because both are and they must come from the same one source. So then the paradox becomes that there's no longer a paradox. So seeing the paradox can also show you that there is no paradox, which is probably a paradox. <laughs> but it, I think that's the whole point is to make it to become what 
we honestly and truly want. We want to be we want to be humans that are divine and enlightened. And I think we want, is it because we are that? We have, there is enough evidence now. I think we can get beyond that now. We, we are that. And, you know, to the, to the trap of getting caught in one modality or another modality, the addiction is to keep looking for things out there to fix it, the next book to fix it. And I'm not saying that all of these things are tools. God knows I have tons of books and watch all kinds of stuff. But the knowledge is knowing that it's within, it's internal, it's my own heart and my own mind. It's not someone out there. The government's not going to come and fix me. My partner isn't going to come and fix me. My friends can't do it. My children cannot do it. It's up to us because we are sovereign unto ourselves. And isn't that the greatest freedom? Isn't that the most precious thing? Yeah. And we're looking, we're hungry to be, uh, for that deepening surrender to this, to this self that we've never really left, you know, and it becomes, it becomes almost humorous sometimes when you see how we struggle and we seek and we seek the next thing. And and we're not going to stop doing that. I mean, the, the paradox is we will keep self-improvement is built into the game, right? We'll be making ourselves the better human and, you know, doing things more efficiently and so forth, which is great in that evolutionary understanding of ourselves. But the simultaneity, the paradox is we're already whole and perfect right now. And whatever, and even that means if we're, the, the ability to realize our perf- the perfection of our imperfections simultaneously while being aware of the awareness as our infinite self seeing this. This is the dance, you know, the, the evolutionary dance that is getting is, is quite exciting, actually. Because we can sense that now, in, in, even in spite of these extraordinary trying times, even because of these trying times, we're really being forced to uh, re- refigure, and to your point, chemically shift our, pers- our, our realities. And it mm-hmm. is happening. Don't you get it? You're sensing it all the time, aren't we? Aren't we sensing yeah, this? I, I am. It's, yeah, and I and I'm not here trying to run away from. I mean, I think I'm advocating, and and this this is new for this character, a uh, real surrender to the to the places within us that we've never wanted to go. You know, I, I'm using this as a kind of a challenge. If it's resonating with anybody, is to, and none of us know how to do that. But I I get that if our intentions are aligned with this source creator energy that's at the core of what we are, we will find the perfect tool, tools, uh, right? Mm, The perfect, uh, the right situation, which is different for everybody. I could tell you things moved my, my dial sometime and, you know, they don't do anything for you and vice versa, you know, and that's the way of it. Yeah. But it's not as if the practice or the one thing we can do, but the 
using all of this with the, with with the pure heart of hunger hunger for hunger for please let me be like a flute i want this music to come through yes yeah, and I think I was sharing with you earlier that I was listening again to Bashar, and who is yes. a channeled entity, and that he was talking about something I've heard him talk about a lot, and he went on at length about it, and it just was so perfect again. <laughs> and what he's saying is, is follow your highest excitement. Now, the the trick to that is to know yourself well enough that you're not following your highest anxiety, because you can say oh, I'm not going to deal with this right now. I'm just going to go, you know, spend the day, you know, at the beach or at the park and not do that because going to the park is my highest excitement. But if you also know yourself, you might know that you are really just procrastinating on something that you've been talking about doing for a long time or you're afraid to face this one thing. So that's what I mean by anxiety. It's driven by anxiety, not real excitement. That's the difference. So if we follow our highest excitement and to your point, you know, it's what do we really want? We're starving. We're hungry. We, we hunger for that sense of home and coming home and resting and just being able to go, oh my God, I am safe. And I am in this loving, beautiful space and all is well. That is a high excitement. That's excitement. And that excitement of understanding savage grace when it's happening, because my higher excitement is to go home, to be home. And so if it takes a little bit of pain for this moment, but if it's going to get me home, I'm going to stick with that pain because I want to go home. That's mm. my higher excitement. Yeah. And, and we are inside of a holographic reality that tells us things are a certain way. Um, you know, we're getting, we're, we're inside of this thing that gives off signals of this is how it is. You're just this little limited thing, right? <laughs> you know, this is how it works here. And, you know, it's this, call it fixed set limited ideas and beliefs. And we've created this amazing, even with these distortions, quite a world. But part of the distortion game is to reintegrate wholeness. It is to clarify reality, is to get in touch, is to know what's real. It's all real. It's all energy. But it goes in stages where you have to realize the spaciousness, the being level. Then you have to come out and own all of it, you know, all of the disparate parts. It's, it's, I have this image of Pac-Man. Do you remember that game, Pac-Man? Oh, yeah. Go along and eat things. And as we're waking up, I think I have this image of a little mouth that goes and it has, it's eating up everything that it thinks is outside of it. And that's the savage grace because we look at these things that appear and we go, oh no, that's the other, you know, that's the other. It's, you know, that is the evil, you know, and I'm not saying it doesn't appear to be evil and, and it needs to be stepped up to, 
But how about the simultaneity and the paradox of stepping up to what evil looks like and and asking for the grace to be able to navigate whatever is there and be a vehicle for that that energy or that grace. And at the same time, you know, you were not up leveling or dismissing what's going on. Oh no, that's so mm-hmm. it's it's either we're attached to limitation form as a very limited identity then we start getting attached to emptiness and formlessness right that's the next step been there right yeah you know that's who i am i'm just this infinite absolute level and then it starts to dawn on us hey there's a separation here right <laughs> right and there were you know so that's what i think is at least that's how i'm seeing what's happening now and it's a huge wake up call No, I like it. It's the merging of the two. It's the merging of our, our energetic self and and the form, the body, you know, the body that is also God that we can get to enjoy all of this beautiful world with. And it's the same one thing. And we're just, this is the vehicle through which we can enjoy this. How wonderful. Right. And, and no matter how it looks, and I know there's evil appearing things out there and we're not saying we don't stand up to it, and it's real at that level. But again, we're coming to the paradox, right? It's it's real and it's not real. You know, it's, you got to, you, we've got to, we can, in, in the time, if it unfolds for us, we can see a lack of disparity or a lack of separation in the whole of it. We are ready to sign off. This was a, an amazing conversation. Wonderful. You, Lillian, as usual, oh. I love chatting with you. Uh, again, check out our new website, uh, com, And... Uh,